Hey there! The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app, and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the -the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from current affairs and movies to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. Welcome, Nicole, Lisa, to our show. Uh, We are so excited to have you on this week. If you could share with us a little background on on what you do and what you share with the world. Thank you so much, Mike, for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. So yes, I would love to share with the audience some of my work. And I, I am basically a love coach, and I help women really connect with their empowered feminine essence and call in their man or their partner from that sense. And I really, really believe that this work is super important because I feel like a lot of women are feeling stressed out, burned out, and they're feeling really disconnected from that, you know, femininity and, uh, and that energy that really lets them be that woman that's magnetic, that's attractive, that's alive, that feels really good with herself. So I really believe that this work is essential for any woman out there that's, you know, been doing a lot of work for that for herself, has conquered corporate or is building her, her business or, you know, is a stay-at-home mom and she's just feeling really tired. And that's something that I really like to help women with, to really feel empowered, to feel alive, to feel connected and juicy. So, yes. Awesome. I love that. I love the last word juicy there. Yes. So for those listening, what does that mean to you and juicy? It's it's the woman that's connected with her life, with connected to life in the sense like she goes outside of her, her of her house and she's she feels really good with what she's seeing. She loves nature. She's connected to what she's eating. She's enjoying everything, every facet of life, and she really feels plugged in, right? In that space, you're really open, you're receptive, and you're ready to play with life, right? When you're bogged down, you're really stressed out and you shut down. That's not what we want. Nicole, Lisa, what I love about that is everything you're talking about there is being in the now, right? Playing with life and being present to everything you're doing, whether it be walking outside, whether it be having a meal, whether it be eating. And that's what we're all about, that everyday mindfulness. Where do you see the biggest struggles for those you work with in being present in the moment and and thoroughly putting themselves in everything they're doing? So when they're eating, they're enjoying that meal. uh, They're not thinking about 10 million things going on because this is a struggle all genders have. Uh, I know you work specifically with women, uh, and yet a lot of people do struggle with this. So where do you see that biggest struggle? What's the thing stopping people from being present in the moment? I believe that it's self-care. You know, it's it's lack of self-care and that is caused by overthinking, right? Like really believing and connecting with life struggles and just thinking about it over and over again instead of actually opening up and focusing what on how to solve it and taking care of yourself as you do it. Being fully present. So what would be a tip you would give somebody for locking those things out, right? Being fully present. What are strategies you provide? Can I share with you just a story first? Because I yes. feel like this is something really personal at the same time. I feel like women really connect with it when I share it. So the first session that I had with my life coach, 
look like this, right? She said, Nicole, I just really want you to see that or just say out loud that you don't love yourself like you think you do. And I was like, whoa, okay, so what's wrong with this woman? Like, I'm a sh- like, why did I hire her? Like, what's going on here? Like, I was a little bit defensive as she said it. <laughs> and she then said to me, no, I really want you to see this and say it out loud because your ego has you spinning, doing all these different things. If you read this next book, if you do this, if you conquer this, if you go over there, you're going to fix the problem. But what's really going on is that either, you know, when you want to manifest anything in your life, either you're doing the wrong thing or you're doing it the wrong way. In your case, you're doing it the wrong way because you know about manifesting, you know about law of attraction, you know about feeling empowered and being responsible, but it's only landing at the level of your mind and it's not landing at the level of your heart. So when it lands at the level of your mind, there's a lot of ego going on there. The ego plays like it's helping you. It's like telling you, go ahead and grab that book, go ahead and hire you know, that person, but you're just receiving things at a logical level and it's not really landing. So in your case, everything that it is to know about manifesting, but you are delaying the process of actually receiving what you want because you keep spinning in your mind. You keep spinning, you're trying to solve it, or you're also fighting yourself. And I just want you to really say the truth out loud, right? Just say it out loud. And I was like, okay, I could see what she was saying. I was a little bit defensive. And yet like, I was like, I get what she's saying. So I'm going to say it out loud. And what I said, Mike, was... I don't think I love myself like I think I do or something like that. And she was like, no, notice how you added a qualifier there. Your ego was still trying to get in the way and it wasn't landing yet. So as soon as I said, I don't love myself like I think I do, it was just like, whoa, right? Like it really landed. And in that space, I really understood the urgency that I had to love myself more, to slow down, right? (laughs) To really receive things. And to become more mindful, right? To start observing my mind more instead of actually identifying with it and the thoughts that, are, that were playing around in my mind. The thoughts of struggle, the thoughts of survival, the thoughts that would keep me stressed out. So I would just observe the thoughts and be like, oh, that's curious. Like, I would get curious. Like, that's interesting, right? I can see what my mind is trying to do here. So if I actually really feel that I'm stressed out, like burned out and everything, I'm going to do things that are going to make me feel that way even more. So I was just observe the thought and be like, okay, so what is, like, what, what can I do that actually feels empowered to me, that actually feels juicy? Like, what thoughts can I start to cultivate and really allow to land in my heart that are going to support me to feel better in this moment? So once I started to do that, I became much more relaxed ideas started to flow more naturally to me and I wasn't in that space anymore. But I just really needed that moment of true, raw honesty with myself. Yeah, I love that, Nicole Lisa. And I love how you talked about a lot of us do that, right? We say I want to be more mindful and we make it an assignment. We make it that that mindfulness is going to give me a better life. So it's a task versus an exploration versus a journey versus a moment of vulnerability. And I've definitely have been guilty of that, of, you know, when I first got into this, of, oh, I'm going to learn this, I'm going to learn TM, I'm going to learn this, I'm going to learn. And it became project oriented to make me better versus soul oriented, vulnerability oriented, uh, quiet, stillness oriented, and less task oriented, being in that moment. So I love what you're saying. And I, you said, I needed to start saying things to myself that actually landed. Can you give an example of what that could be for someone listening? Like, what does that look like? Maybe for you, if you're comfortable, what was it for you that somebody could think, Hey, what would actually land? How do you figure that out? So it it has to connect with your heart. It has to be something that's emotional and it's true to you. 
At first, what that was for me was just really connecting with the phrase, I matter. My sanity, my peace of mind, just living life full out and really enjoying it means to me a lot, right? And that is more meaningful to me than being stressed out in this moment. So it was always going, getting back to I matter. So that's I, powerful. Yeah, I invite everybody to really connect with a phrase that's very simple so that you understand that it's not okay for you to live up here, like in your mind 24-7, because you're missing out of life. You're not really connected. And in the case of, of, of women, and, and I really believe that this applies you know, to both sexes, is when, like, when you're up here in your mind, it's like you're cut off from the rest of your body, and you can feel it, right? You can feel it like when you're all nervous and you feel like this bunch of energy around like your neck and your mind, and you're not really breathing, you're not really present. And people can feel that. People can really feel it. Like in the case of even like calling your partner and everyone, like you're, you're, you're not going to attract that partner from that space because your energy feels weird to people. Like you're not really enjoying life. You're not connected. You're not present with them. And that breaks connection. Yes. And it's the old saying, right, that when you're in the dating world, when you're looking, the desperation <laughs> bleeds out, right? It's that same concept that when you're looking, everybody can tell you're looking. But when you're dating someone, everyone seems to want to date you. Well, that's why. Look at the energy you're putting out. You're in a place of fulfillment, of happiness. Who doesn't want to be around that person? Well, that makes sense. But when we're looking the wrong way, now that there's a good way to look, in a, but we're looking a negative way, right? If I must be with somebody or I need to find someone, that kind of language, it bleeds out negative. I'm not enough. Right. That's what I'm saying when I say that stuff. I'm not enough without. And so I love what you're saying, because I think all ages can struggle with that. And I love that you shared, uh, Nicole, Lisa, that you shared for you. It's I matter because that's not going to be everybody's. If that didn't trigger with you, that's because that's your that's Nicole Lisa's. Right. Uh, I have a different trigger statement for me or I have a couple that sometimes I turn to. And maybe you do, too. That was one example. But I have a couple depending on the moment. You know, for me, sometimes it is it is what it is and it isn't what it isn't. It's just it's exactly enough right now. Right. So there needs to be no judgment on this. There needs to be no improvement because perfectionists can always want to look for that or what's next. It is what it is. You know, it isn't what it isn't. We're good. You know, so and in your work, you talk about also women's needs for their own sexual energy, their their sacred chakra uh, yes. and the need to connect with the light. Could you ex share a little bit about that? Yes, definitely. I, I think this is huge because a lot of women have been feeling disempowered uh, about their own sexual energy. So the other day I was like watching a movie, right? And I could hear a few ladies talking behind me and they were criticizing the actress, right? Like, you know, how dare she start dancing that way? Like she's like, there's no flavor or there's no like spark to the way that she's moving. And I was like, I thought that was so interesting. Like, like how as women, we can judge each other. And I was like, can I, can we just try to like, accept her and love her for what she's doing and just be present with her and really start to like love her up because it's very vulnerable for a woman to connect with their sexual energy and then to be like shut down for it or criticized for it. And that's something that we all experience. So I really believe that it's important for a woman to start connecting with her, with her sexual energy because when we are not connecting with our sexual energy, we can become very judgmental, like very agitated and disconnected from creative energy. So your sexual energy is, is the power that you have to create anything in this life, right? So when you're not being creative, like you're spinning, you're doing all these different things and you, it's like you're drying yourself out. 
right? So you want to be in a space where you're feeling juicy, you're connected with your, your sexual energy, and then that gives you new ideas to, uh, to represent yourself, to show yourself in the world, and to really enjoy not only what you are showing up as, but enjoying what others are showing up as. And I feel like what gets in the middle of that is judgment. Yeah, and our culture just does that nonstop to women. We talk about that in my line of work a lot, that you know, if you have sex as a woman, you're a slut more than one partner. Uh, if you don't have sex, you're a prude. And there's, so it's lose, lose everywhere. And I, it doesn't matter the age. I've had people after our programs come up to me and say, Hey, today was the first time I realized I have the right to say yes or no without guilt. Mm. Now that could be an 18 year old woman. That could be a 55 year old person who identifies as a woman. And they're saying that for the first time, they recognize they have the right to have a sexual voice, yeah. which is Wonderful. They're recognizing it. Sad that our culture did that to them for so long. So how do you help people recognize when they're not in the right place, where how to find that place to, for more discovery? Because you're right. Look, when people are happier, when people are more fulfilled, your sexual beings at a different place. There's no doubt about it. I mean, go look at somebody who's exhausted and see how sexual they want to be. Right. I mean, that's just or how stressed somebody is and how that affects their presence in sexual situations. If they're fully there, if they can fully be pleased, it impacts all of that. So how do you help somebody recognize when they're not there? And then what's the step to get there? So yes, I, I really believe that it's not just about sex or actually getting to the act of sex. It starts with the little details. Like, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're ready to, to you know, put on a dress that really like excites you, like you're really turned on about it and you, you want to wear it. And then you're like, well, is this too much, right? Like, what are people going to think about it? And then you start to shut yourself down in that moment because of what other people are going to think about you. So it's just coming to a place of actual full acceptance. And what I really invite, you know, the audience is to start stretching yourself a little bit, like being present, like just going outside of your comfort zone. So in, that, in this case, yesterday, like that last week, I did something that stretched me a little bit. I went down in a, in a way that was new for me. Right. And I was like, okay, just witnessing the thoughts, witnessing the thoughts. And then I had some clearing statements that would really help me like release the energy that I had around it. And when I when I realized that as I got back to my to my house, I looked at myself in the mirror and I, I felt a shift, right? Like the way that I was seeing myself was completely different, more accepting. And what I invite people to do is always to stretch themselves a little bit. And actually, like when you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, just give yourself like approval. Like I approve of me in this moment and that's all that matters. So stretch yourself, do something where you like you notice that you normally try to get somebody else's approval first and give yourself that approval and then move on with it. Right. Like start to enjoy it. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable at first, of course. And as you keep giving yourself that approval, you're going to realize that your your energy is, is going to shift and the energy of others is going to shift as well. So I noticed this a lot of the time. So for example, my journey as a love coach was very unique. Like for over 10 years, like I was consistently rejected, right? It had to do like with my background and, and my how I, I grew up and everything, which which is fine. It's part of the journey. But what really helped me shift that it was the fact that if a guy showed that he was not interested in me, I'll be like, okay, that's totally perfect. What matters the most is that I approve of me. And I repeated that to myself over and over and over again. And I started to see a shift on the outside because my energy, my beliefs where I was expecting to be rejected, I would always recreate that time and time again. So I had to shift it, say I approve of me. And 
the world started to shift as well. But I had to go through that uncomfortable piece first. So that's what I recommend for people. Like, is there anything in your life where you're noticing that you're waiting for somebody else's approval? Give it to yourself over and over and breathe to it. Like you have to breathe through it. Because if not, you're just trying to fight your ego, trying to fight your mind and to just like inject like a a different thought. So you want to anchor and use your body and breath as you do it so that you are creating a new way of being. So it's not just your mind, it's your mind and your body. I just noticed myself right there when you said that, I'm like, hey, how am I breathing? How am I sitting? I was a little pinched up, right? And so to let that go and be more present. It's so, so powerful. Are you a fan of the language I deserve? Oh, so you were mentioning love. What was my other statement? And um, my other statement was I, I deserve to be loved. So Yes, yeah. I love I deserve. Isn't it so yeah. powerful? Not I should, I could, I would. I deserve. I deserve this moment. I deserve this peacefulness. I deserve this quietness. I deserve my, my I deserve to love my body. I deserve to love that one part, right? Because there's that one part in the mirror everybody looks at that goes, ugh. And for some people, there's 20 parts. Uh, and so being able to go, I love that part. I love that part about me. Uh, and so, but I deserve to, right? I deserve to have that freedom. So Nicole, Lisa, how does someone recognize when ego, because I know it's something you talk about, how do they recognize when in that place of ego, whether it's self-deprecation, um, not appreciating, not the feeling they deserve, what are the dangers of them being in, recognizing that ego or getting caught in the ego? Where does that lead somebody? So one, how do they recognize they're in it? Two, how do they catch it so they can try to step out of it? And we'll let you go from there. Yeah, thank you. That's a, that's a big question, Mike. <laughs> so, okay. So going back to what we were we were talking about, the example of looking at yourself in the mirror. Right. And if you notice a part of your body that you don't really like and you're like, oh, I don't want to see it. I want to cover it up. That's a way that you can recognize that you are an ego because the ego puts you in a space of denial. Right. Where you're trying to cover things up, avoid them, um, you know, like be in a space of procrastination. Um, I think I mentioned like denial. So you're always in that space of hiding things. Right. So it will keep you thinking about other things so that you don't really connect to what's really important to you, right? So instead of, let's say that you're in a situation in your life where you want to get a better job, you're thinking about the fact that you don't have money and you stay there spending all the time you don't have money and you feel disempowered because you've done X amount of interviews and it's just not working and you're in that space, right? Instead of really reconnecting on why it's really important to you to get this new job and figuring out ways to get it and not just staying in, in this in the conversation of I can't or let me be in denial, let me grab some ice cream, let me think about something else, let me spend my money somewhere else so I can feel some love, right? When you're in a space of denial and numbing yourself and avoiding things, that's one of the places where I always, you know, guide my clients to look at that, you know, they're right now in a space of ego, right? Where they're just in full-blown denial. So you can always notice it, like how present you are, like, the, the best way that I, that I can um, help people become more present and feel more empowered and not be in a space of ego, I like to use really simple examples, like whenever you're watching a movie on Netflix, let's say, right? And just notice, because the way that you do one thing is the way that you do everything. If you're watching the movie and you start to get a little bit anxious and maybe you want to fast forward, you want to stop, you want to move somewhere else, like just start to be more present, like when you're watching the movie 
and start to cultivate thoughts that support you in being present with it and finding a solution and enjoying the moment and moving forward. I had to practice this because I was like, Nicole, like the way that I'm showing up in this area of my life and my business is a way, it's the same way that I'm showing up in, the, in, in my love life. It's the same way that I'm showing up with my friends. It was a lack of presence because my ego kept me up here. So just notice if you're in denial, like make a list right now. Like what am I in denial about? Like what is a specific emotion that I do not want to look at? right? That if I look at it, I might sometimes want to cry or not know what to do with it. So it's good. Like the, the main reason why a lot of people avoid these emotions is because they don't know how to, what to do with it. A lot of women tell me, Nicole, like I grew up being very logical. I don't even know how to connect with my emotions. So the fact of, that you're recommending for me to start connecting with my emotions when I don't know how to do it, it's a little bit scary to me. So that's fine. Just like recognize what you're, you know, you, you've been, you know, avoiding and make a list of it and figure out how to weigh how you can process it. Maybe you hire a coach, you get some therapy, you get somebody that's on the same journey and you can start talking about it. There's a support group, anything that really supports you and that creates a safe space for you to really look at your emotions. And this is really important because when you're not looking at your emotions, you're just making it bigger. You feel like you're in control, but you're not. It becomes unconscious and then it starts to, you know, lead your life. And you're like, how did I end up here when I was trying to move over there? And it's because you weren't looking at your emotions. So find a way, whether that is coaching, therapy, a partner, a mastermind partner, somebody that supports you and start to move towards that. Even like in the case of for, for the women that are listening here that are, that are looking for love, this is really important because when you're in a space of avoidance, you, you attract people that are in a space of avoidance that are not really available. So you want to see how you are responsible for what you are creating on the outside. So just check in internally, right? It's like I said, my coach would always tell me, how are you unavailable with yourself? Why do you keep attracting unavailable men? Just check in. So I had to really sit down and look at the places in me where, that I was avoiding from, that I was too scared to look at and actually find and get a way to get supported in that aspect. Yes, absolutely. And I think a, a big a big thing that people turn to when they're not dealing with their emotions yes. is the cell phone. Yes. Right. And I, I definitely would fall into that trap because traveling the world, you're alone a lot. And so you're in an airport and you're sitting there for 30 minutes instead of just being still. I must do something. I must do something. Right. The mind must be busy. Uh, and so social media, social media, social media. And a lot of people I know say that like it's lonely on the road. So social media helps. Ooh, that's an interesting perspective that social media is a solution for lonely because you're actually what if you spend that time with yourself? Is that what lonely means? And that's an interesting thing for people to think about is would lonely mean that you're not spending time with yourself? If you were spending time with yourself, would you really be lonely? If you're willing to be still and hear your thoughts and, and be present to that, maybe that would be more fulfilling than 20 people around you, right? How many of us have ever thought you're in a crowd and you feel more lonely there at that party than you did if you had stayed home and just read a good book? And just something feels wrong in that moment. And I think social media is something that we fall into a lot. Do you find that with your clients that they're numb is social media, right? I, I'm bored. So I'm numb, right? Right now I'm going to numb that, that feeling. I'm going to go to social media. Do you see a lot of that? I, I sometimes see it, but I see it more often with food, feeling lonely, like I'm going to grab something to eat. And, you know, that's, that's when you're in avoidance, right? Like you're taking on something that's going to help you numb so that you get a sort of like that, the feeling of love. Right. Right. So if somebody can look at social media, I'm going to get some love here. Maybe I'm going to get some likes, some comments here. It's superficial validation. Right. Versus, right. you know, actually just 
feeling like you belong, which is where I, where I wanted to go with. Because what happens is that a lot of times I hear this from a lot of women, they don't feel like they belong. So that's part of the, like the reason for that is because they're not connected to their sexual energy. They don't feel like, you know, they're ready to play with life. Like I told you, they're not really plugged in and connected. So you got to really start to say, I belong, have those statements for yourself. So the other day I, I had a breakthrough and it was so subtle because I was just, I saw myself like in the reflection of, of, of a mirror and I said, I'm a beautiful part of this universe. And I was like, whoa, it was, a, it was just a random thought. And it's not like, of course, like my, my biggest struggle in life was always self-acceptance. So just getting to that place, what got me there and what normally gets my clients there as well is the fact that they start practicing I belong. And as they say that, they start to breathe slowly and start to be like, okay, how can I play with this situation that I have here right now? How can I play and integrate myself with the other people here and connect and command? But it always starts with the thought that I belong. You know, like I'm not separate, which is what the ego does. Like I belong and part of this. So how can I start to play? So that's I belong and breath really helps a lot with this. And you start to connect from that space. I love it. I mean, you look at today, right? Everything you shared, I deserve, I belong. This is my space in the world. And it doesn't need to be more than it is right now. I, I am what I am and this is wonderful and it's beautiful. And, and on that note, you, you're a big believer in mind, body, and spirit, the, the overall self. So what would you be as, as we wrap up here? What do you think are keys for people going forward? Obviously, we've got some really strong mantras we've mentioned today for people to be able to say to themselves and to be able to think about that. What are some additional ways you recommend for both that mind, the body, and the spirit, that self-care? Yes. So self-care, you gotta, for, in order for you to really follow through with your self-care and put it as a priority, you got to get connected to why you matter right? To why you are a beautiful part of this universe, of this world, like what you bring and add to the table. So you got to get clear and maybe like make a list of the reasons why you're special, like why you are so lovable and read it to yourself and not just be in a rush about it. Just like be present with it every single day. So there is an importance to mantras that I feel like a lot of people sometimes miss that they're just like repeated and it's robotic and it's like logical, but add your breath to the mantras and remind yourself of it and add acts of love. Like in the morning, when you remember these mantras, like I, one coach, one time she gave us like fate tattoos with mantras that we could have like on our body for like the day and just like look at it and remember them all of the time. So you gotta be in a space where you always remember where is it that you want to go or how is it that you want to feel. So have those with you, right? Like that's super important, your mantras. And use your breath when you remember them. Another thing that I'm also like doing more often nowadays is yoga, right? Because it's the mind-body piece. A lot of the, like, the, the, the clients that I, that I work with, like they, they're in an overthinking space. And what I feel like they actually need is more practice with their bodies, right? So that it integrates and then they feel it because the body is the land of the heart. So it's a lot easier for you to integrate things when you're repeating a mantra and you're also using your body. So you can do that with yoga. You can do that with dancing. You can do it like working out. Just add the body to that piece and you're going to feel that you're going to integrate it so much easier. I love that. I, I love to dance. And I, and so, and I also, when I'm working out, I love to dance. So the idea of adding that to the workout would be fun, right? So 
I am vibrant. You know, that's something that's that I love. That's a mantra for me. I'm vibrant. But to say it while I'm working out, right? I'm strong. I'm vibrant, right? Just to remind myself, look, this is evidence of it. Look what I'm doing right now, right? Where if I'm dancing, I'm vibrant. Uh, it's I'm, I belong and I'm, I love this. It's fantastic. Where can people get a hold of Unicole, Lisa? So they want to find you online. Where What website is best to find you? So my website is www.nicolelisa. So that's N-I-C-O-L-E. E-L-I-S-S-A.com. And if they want to get a hold of you, do you provide services where they could they could be coached by you, events, yes. or what what is available to them if they want to reach out? Yes. So I have a year-long program called Freedom to Shine, and it's for the woman that's ready to shine to connect with her feminine essence and from that space calling their partner. And it's a really exciting journey because it's a program of embodiment, right? Like I said, it's not just mine. It's mind, body, spirit. So it takes you through that entire year where you like not only manifest your part in that space, but you really feel different at the end of it. I mean, you feel like you're a brand new person. So if anyone wants to know about that program, you can write me an email at Nicole at Nicole Elisa, Elisa with double S dot com. Awesome. And what's your favorite book you've read? What's, what book has had the biggest impact on you? That's uh, my favorite book. It's not even one about feminine embodiment, by the way. I really love it. It's Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's amazing. The book, I had so much resistance to even like reading it in the first place. It took me year, two years. And, I, and as soon as I read it, I was like, okay, like I can see why my ego was resisting it, but let's declare it perfect. The book is all about, and I feel like it's going to help the audience a lot. It's because it, it talks a lot with the overthinking piece. And Dr. Joe Dispenza and other experts that I know as well talk about overthinking as a disease, right? It's actually, it's not helping you. So he, guilty, it, guilty, right? guilty, guilty, guilty. So, I can run down that rabbit hole quick as quick as anyone else. Yes. Yeah. So basically, like I know I was I was full on overthinking and it it, it stops your creativity, the flow of, of things that you want in your life to come in. It blocks you from receiving. It's just like a lot of heavy energy that you have stuck. What he actually recommends is to really break those thoughts because he says, like, when you're trying to solve all of this and you're in an overthinking space, what you're doing is that you're making your ego bigger. And we don't know it. Like, we think that we're solving it, but we're not. So he has a really beautiful meditation practice, and he explains to you why it's important. And I swear to you, like, you you've go through that meditation. It's like, whoa. Like, you really change, and you, you have this space to think better, to invite things into your life, to get creative. I swear by that book. Like, I recommend it to everyone that I know. So that's why you saw my reaction well, just now. I'm going to be downloading that book. So thank you so yeah. much, Nicole Lisa, for everything you've shared today. I love your spirit, the soul that you bring to the world and the universe. Uh, thank you. Thank you as well, Mike. I'm so excited to be here and to connect with you. I love what you're doing. And I can't wait to, to listen to the interview and to listen to the other uh, material that you have in this podcast. Thank you. Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. 
Have a joyful, mindful week.